Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We've had an amazing time in our new discipleship series to start off the new year. We've talked about Christian education, discipleship, spiritual formation, and today we're gonna to talk about spiritual growth. It's something that should be simple, but oftentimes can be confusing to people. For example, when we consider grace, there are those who just say, I prayed a prayer, I got the grace, and now I'm gonna go on about my business. Uh, friend, that's something called antinomialism. It's something that means that I kind of got my fire insurance and do what I want. And frankly, that's a very worldly view of Christian doctrine. It says, I want to have a transactional relationship with God. I want to do whatever I want. I want to live and worship myself. But then when my earthly time is over, I want to make sure that I get the same treatment as faithful Christians. It's kind of modern and Western in its flavor because it just has this feeling that you can somehow swindle God. And friend, let me tell you something. You don't have to swindle for something that is free. Grace is free. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ plus nothing. But do not miss the transformation piece. Do not miss the sanctification, which is, means you're more like Christ on earth, or the discipleship piece, which if you ask any person who's been walking with God for their most of their life, they will tell you that is the most rich and rewarding thing that's ever happened to them. More than money, more than all of the trappings that they chased as a young person. The spiritual growth is something that is not drudgery. It's not sluggish. It is something that transforms you from the inside out. It gives you hope. It gives you victory over worldly things that mess us up. It helps us persevere through hard times. It helps us in our good times as well. And friend, if you're not growing in maturity, if you're exactly spiritually where you were years ago, or maybe you've kind of backslid a little bit, today's just for you because it's okay to grow in our faith. It's okay to grow in scripture memory, grow in our Christ-likeness and our spiritual formation, our spiritual disciplines. And unapologetically, I'm asking people to take this step forward because so much in our culture is about just worshiping ourselves, placating ourselves, amusing ourselves, all to no avail, all to emptiness, dissatisfaction. If you don't believe me, look how many rich people are in counseling. You would think counseling would be just for some people who have serious problems in their life, but evidently there's a lot of trauma in being rich and famous because half of it is the pressures and half of it is it wasn't what they thought it was going to be. Whatever void they sought to fill with that, God puts a God-sized hole in our lives, and only he can fill it. I want to talk a little bit about what it is to grow in our faith. This is not getting a legalistic list of boxes to check or some spiritual merit badge or means of showing off in front of my church and my social network in the faith community. It's about growing in Christian maturity and being able to be used by God for his purposes. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Philippians 1, 6 adds, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Do we hunger and thirst for righteousness? That's part of growing in maturity, that we begin to hunger and thirst for things that are not sinful and enticing. God wants so much for us than the temporal things that go away. God wants us to hunger and thirst for him and want to live a life that has eternal significance and not just a shortcut here and there. That's where that first paradigm of the prayer, prayer, do what you want is so empty. It's not a faith that is rooted in who God is. It's a misconception rooted in what man wants. For you to be able to surrender that, God has so much more in store for you. He has bigger dreams that you can dream for yourself. He has fulfillment that you can't get from money or from any other trappings of this world. Friend, there's just too many immature Christians, and I could technically count myself as one of them. We're all in process. We're all growing. But I'm telling you, friend, the cultural trend right now is for people to be casual in their Christianity, to be opportunistic in that they want to be involved when it benefits them, but when it costs anything or is less popular, then you just kind of go about your business. Nothing to see here. Friend, I believe we're in a culture that needs mature Christians right now. I believe that we are in a place where we need leadership that is rooted in faith, in homes, in communities, and in our churches. That's going to be how we move forward, but you can't really do that with milquetoast convenient Christianity. 1 Peter 2.2 says, Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. 1 Corinthians 13.11 says, When I was a child, I spoke it like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Our culture could really learn from that right now because in an age where everything is youth-oriented, dare I say, immaturity, consumeristic, there's an emptiness there that people are rejecting. Frankly, when you look at the statistics of people leaving church, I don't really believe they're leaving the gospel. In many cases, they're leaving immaturity. They're leaving hypocrisy. They're leaving emptiness. They're leaving the country club life or the social Christian club that may or may not suit them at the moment. That's why I'm giving this charge to everyone, grab someone to disciple them, is that relationship, opening the Bible and experience the transformation that comes from studying God's Word, the process by which people pray together and grow together and build a faith community. I not only think that that is something that could have a growth pattern, I believe people are hungry for that and they're looking for that. I believe that God is working in our culture right now. He's working in this world. And I believe that people are hungry for depth. They're hungry for discipleship. They're hungry for hope and the true gospel that saves and transforms. Friend, I don't want you to be a child, and I don't want you to be childish. We all get to have fun sometimes, and I think humor is good. I believe that we can all let our hair down every so often, but I don't think that we're called to perpetual childishness. I don't think that we are called as churches to shallowness or pettiness or consumerism. I believe we can be current 
I believe that we can use wonderful resources that God has given us, but the heart has always got to be about the transformation that happens in the gospel, both bringing the spiritually dead to life, but also letting people grow in their faith and be transformed from hopeless and helpless people to the kind of thing that happened to the disciples going from the gospels to the book of Acts. They were not the same people. Peter, the crazy person who could never do anything right, is all of a sudden this bold, competent leader that was essential to the early church. Friend, if God can do that kind of transformation in the life of those who followed him, he can do that in our life as well. We will have a session in the important role of the Holy Spirit in this transformation process in a coming episode. But right now, I just want to point towards that as we move forward. And it's very important that we have that episode because we cannot white knuckle through on our own merit and our own work. But at the same time, we do walk as willing people in obedience to be transformed and to be empowered and to be used for eternal purposes and live a life of meaning and significance. And in so doing, transform others and allow them to do the same. Friend, a immature and childish life, one where you're hoping to crash the party in heaven, that's your business. But friend, you are missing out. There was an old saying that says, as a young person, they want to do just enough to not fail the class. As an adult, they want to do just enough not to get fired. Or people want to do just good enough just to get into heaven. Friend, that is a flawed way of thinking, and it is sinful, and it is something that will leave you absolutely empty. It will cause you to put off what God is calling you to. If you're in the church, it will cause you to resent being there and find it to be a rather empty and difficult experience. But friend, those who embrace their faith, who embrace the truth of their Bible, and who live out the gospel— find purpose in everyday situations. I'd be remiss if I didn't say, yes, and no church is perfect. It is not your job just to become pseudo-spiritual and pseudo-mature and put everybody else down and talk about the way that your church is failing you. Our churches need good leadership. And if everyone is busy critiquing and no one is teaching and serving and leading, then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Perhaps you're sitting out there today and you're thinking, Mike, I've been going to church my whole life. I've got a good thing going here. I just kind of do what I want. No one expects anything of me, and I'm good with that. Friend, I want to challenge you that that is no way to live, that God wants more for you. And I think if you look down deep, I think you'd realize that he's called you to more and that it's right there. You can just embrace it, and God has got an adventure for you that is amazing. If you are someone who is not of faith, who thinks you can just get by and that all Christians are hypocrites and all churches are all about the money, then friend, do me a favor. Just find someone to go through the Bible with together. You don't have to get involved in any of that stuff. You can just check out Christianity, not by the actions of those who are in your community, but through the Word of God and through what you read in Scripture. I believe that sometimes human beings fail us, but don't let human beings cause you to miss Christ and his saving power. Finally, in this youth-obsessed culture, it's all about entertainment and immaturity and show. I challenge people to dig down deep and to reach for something way more meaningful than that. Your faith is not always going to be convenient. 
In fact, it will cost you something. Your spiritual life is not always going to feel good. It's not always going to allow you to be right or get your way or get everything you want out of this life. But what it will give you is maturity, a proper worldview, and a life of significance that, frankly, the people I've known who've lived that would never change a thing. Most importantly, it allows us to help in the transformation of others, and I hope that you'll do that. I'm going to finish today with two quotes. The first one is an iconic quote from Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Most of you know that he was a German pastor whose cost of discipleship is a modern classic. I highly encourage reading of that book, but also his staunch resistance to the Nazi party was influential and eventually cost him his life. Uh, As a person who sacrificed greatly and is remembered for that, I take those words very seriously coming from him. And then Brandon Cox explains, discipleship is the art and science of helping people find, follow, and fully become like Jesus. Discipleship happens as God's people show love, share truth, and live life with one another, making new disciples on the way. And I like this definition because it talks about love one another, the truth of God's word, the life we're living in community with other believers, and then the making disciples of all nations. Friend, as we sign off today, I encourage you to seek out discipleship relationships and embrace discipleship in your life. Friends, don't forget to take on my challenge to find someone to disciple this year or be discipled maybe for the first time this year. This is the adventure of ministry. I invite you to it. I'm so glad you're with me on this journey. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.